0: Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, beloveds, wherever you are. I hope you are having a great day so far. And if you're not, it is not too late to turn around and make it amazing. So today on Sasha Spins, the podcast, we are talking about white consumption of content by Black creators on social media. That was a mouthful, like say it five times fast. (laughs) So... Being in the health and wellness space, which is largely white-leaning and saturated and dominant, where when you think about both industries and both spaces, you most likely think of a white woman, probably a skinny, blonde, white woman. Those images are consistently pushed to the for- forefront. You almost get used to, I, I can only speak for me, um, I would say that I'm pretty used to This sense of being invisible in spaces, and then you're only kind of acknowledged when it's Black History Month, or to highlight diversity, which is actually tokenism in action, but that's another conversation for another day. So, as I exist in that's actually part of the reason why I first got into fitness because I've shared this story before, but if you haven't listened to the past podcasts, basically when I first started working out and getting more serious about fitness, I would notice that I would go into a lot of studios or gyms and specifically the when I was going to the gyms in the classes itself, not working out at the gyms itself itself like on the machines and on the cardio, cardio machines and by the weights and stuff. But in the actual classes themselves, which I love to take like bar, cycling, body pump, yoga, in those classes, I would notice that I was the only person of color. I was the only black person. And I often felt very invisible in those spaces. And that's why representation is so important and representation matters. Year round, not just during Black History Month or what you want to say, you have Black instructors or Black coaches or whatever. So, anyways, because I didn't see myself in those spaces, and it's always been very important to me to create the spaces that we want to be in, I went out and got certified and I became a cycling instructor because I didn't see a lot of Black girls up there. And I know that. We are here, you know, Black Girls Cycle, Black Women Workout. You know, if you see that, click on that hashtag, you see so many posts pop up. But in the fitness and wellness space in general, you don't really see that representation. And a funny thing that, well, it's not a funny thing, actually. You see this kind of tokenism occur in fitness and wellness spaces when they want to show off their Black instructors to say, oh, we have them. And that often happens around Black History Month. But this year, with everything going on with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and this call to amplify Black voices on social media spaces this summer, I noticed an uptick in representation and diversity, And the calls to actually make it happen, not just twice a year, but all year. There was this big push for a lot of companies and brands and fitness spaces to show that they were diverse. Well, A, show that they they are actually diverse, and then B, to show representation that we're tired of seeing more of the same, that we want to see different skin colors, different body types, different heights, all types of things. So- but there was like this specific push to amplify Black voices. And for the first time in... And I've been on social media probably. I joined Facebook, like the OG Facebook. I don't know if you would count MySpace as social media. <laughs> like I was on that in like 2006 and then... um Facebook came around when I like first went to college. That was like in 2005. And I think I've been on Instagram since like maybe 2014, 2015. I'm not sure. But for the first time since I've been on Instagram, I saw this concerted effort, this push to amplify Black voices. So because of that, out of nowhere, I saw so many amazing Black content creators and instructors and coaches and businesses just out there and it as happy as it made me it also made me really sad and it really frustrated me because it seems that so few black content creators, so few instructors, so few coaches, so few black people in in wellness spaces and so few black businesses are given the same opportunities to rise to the top. And whether it was out of like a sense of white guilt or white awareness of the calls for social justice earlier this summer and amplifying black voices, you saw that push. But the push to me, it didn't feel authentic. It, it, it felt like people were kind of doing it to pat themselves on the back. And now you're probably like, well, Sasha, what do you want? Like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like what do you want from people? And Ah, it's so like, difficult to talk about it because I don't want anyone to feel like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But at the same time, it's like, why aren't we giving Black people and Black content creators and Black artists and Black instructors and coaches in fitness and wellness spaces, why aren't we giving them? the same opportunities, period, without it having to be motivated by white guilt or motivated by recognizing, hey, we're kind of racist or we're kind of, we really suck at representation. And so I myself, I probably was not the only Black creator or instructor or facilitator in the wellness space to notice this uptick of new faces and I had like a lot of people coming into my spaces and listening to the podcast. Uh, P.S. What's up, y'all? I'm happy you're here. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Hopefully you continue to listen and stick around and, you know, having great engagement. But the thing is, the reason why I think this frustrated me personally, and I had some other conversations with a couple of other Black content creators and fitness instructors, it was like I wasn't really doing anything differently than i was before i was doing the same things i only like i only became like slightly more vocal as i started to show up to more protests but it was because they were going on so my visibility in these outside spaces at the protests and speaking at certain marches that's kind of the only thing that really Changed, but I've always been on social media talking about the same thing, talking about the need for representation, talking about the lack of diversity in my fitness spaces, in the health and wellness space. I've been talking about this for years and years. And while my pictures (laughs) have probably gotten better, they're more clear and like, you know, they fit like more of an Instagram aesthetic. That's probably the only thing that really has changed. Uh, My content has mostly remained the same. So it's the only difference really then is that more people were willing to receive. They were willing to hear. They were willing to listen. They were willing to take stock of someone else's reality. And except now you come to the other side of it and that reception was obviously short-lived. After people joined the requisite book clubs and had conversations about anti-racism and racism and made all these pledges to become anti-racist and put all of these amazing books and resources on the New York Times bestseller list, we saw a downturn, almost like a disinterest in quote race like it it unquote it became like a less popular topic as people started to go back to their sense of normalcy like there are so many i was on um one of my favorite instagram pages the wellness therapist and then also prive prive to progress um it's a privilege to progress but they just shorten it as priv prive um there was a poll done and it was like Less people are interested in anti-racism at that now than they were at the beginning of the summer. And it's like, how do you just actively... How do, it's not trending anymore. So it's not popular anymore. So people don't want to listen anymore. And then conveniently enough, I'm sure that I am not the only Black content creator that noticed this. Or feel this because I've had talks with, like I said, I've had I've talked with other content creators and Black fitness coaches and Black people in um, my BIPOC in the wellness spaces, and while people are, I want to like backtrack a little bit because while people are allowed to seek out the content they want to personally see on social media, it seems like, and this is the meat of what I want to talk about today. It seems like a lot of white people only sought out Black people on social media to be their educators and to teach them about racism. As if we are supposed to be able to figure out this shit for ourselves. We didn't create it. We are just trying to navigate and live our way through it because being in the skin that we're in, we really don't have a choice. We're just trying to live our lives in relative peace, So we figure out the ways to navigate and move in these spaces. And so it seems as if once again, while people sought out these black content creators and activists and coaches and fitness instructors with the sole utility of how to be of service to to them, to teach them, Because somehow, we are supposed to just automatically know that. We're supposed to be, we exist in some position of service or education, not because these white people wanted to see how we live our daily lives or because they were interested in our content. And I have to just pause because... (laughs) A part of that is so frustrating to me because Black people, it exists. I I want to, before I even move on forward, I think a lot of people get derailed and hung up on the, when when I say white people, right? You know, some people get very triggered and they don't understand that if it doesn't apply, let it fly. So instead of like us to be able to have intellectually honest conversations, I have to you know, proceed with caution and be like some, not all. And I almost feel like if at at this point, if I have to say that you're not really here to receive, because here's a here's a thing, right? Hit dog will all hit dogs will holler. If you know that I'm not talking about you, or if you know that this doesn't apply to you, then it's like let it fly like don't let the use of some or none or a bit or 20 percent or in my personal experience like all of these qualifiers that black people and bipoc have to give when we talk about race so white people won't feel triggered like get away from that get away from this need to have all of these qualifiers and just let people speak freely because we're not trying to generalize when we say this but I think a lot of people, again, race is a very very sensitive topic. So a lot of people get very triggered. And if they feel like they're being attacked, though, instinctively, their instinct is to want to defend themselves and be like, oh, I'm not like those white people. And it's like, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just sharing what my perspective is and how I feel. So if you're feeling that instinct right now, I want you to just like move away from it just a little bit and recognize that I am not talking to you. If you are here, obviously, (laughs) I'm not talking to you. Obviously, you're here in a space to receive what I'm saying and understand that I, as an individual, I'm not here to generalize anyone. I'm just sharing my experience. And that was one long ass qualifier. So I'm going to get back to what I was saying before. So anyways, it just seemed as if a lot of white people that were seeking Black creators out and Black fitness instructors out and Black art out and every Black content out, I'll just say Black content for the... the rest of the purposes of this podcast, I'll just say black content. It's like they didn't really see us as people. They just viewed us as vectors to be of some use to them. And it reminded me again, like how I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, when I started talking, it reminded me of how invisible I am to people in so many spaces. In In stores, for example, how even though I will not be dressed as the people in the stores are dressed, people will come up to me and ask me, do I know where this is? Do I know where that is? And before, I used to try to be of help, but the older I get, now I'm like, uh, do I look like I work here? Like I remember when I was in Target, this happened like a year ago maybe, I was in Target and this one woman, it's like she just saw through me. She didn't see me as an individual. She didn't even see that I was not wearing, I'm in a black sports bra and black leggings. No girl, I don't work here. But she just saw my skin and saw someone that was going to be in service to her and asked me if I knew where X, Y, and Z was. And because she didn't see me, I pretended as if she I didn't see her and didn't respond to her. And then, this is a funny part, under her breath, she's like, oh, so rude. And I'm like, really? I'm the rude one? Okay, okay. But I digress. Again, it just reminds me how I'm just not invisible. Uh, sorry, I'm not visible in certain spaces. And this also happens in studios. Like I said, not just in stores, but in fitness studios. Like, I'm not seen or people won't engage with me unless it's to ask me to like set up their bike even if we even just dis- I mean despite the fact that we have a whole crew of people in shirts that are exist to set up your bikes or ask me this is a funny one it's always a funny one to me ask me if the instructor would be there soon this is always hilarious like I said because I'm standing here mic'd up got my mic pack on a bright yellow mic out on on my pack, I'm ready to go. I was just standing up on the podium, fiddling with things. And you're asking me when the instructor is going to get here as if you can't see that I am the instructor. Like, it just reminds me again that a lot of white people are not used to black people or BIPOC occupying the same spaces as them equally or even as leaders in that space. And it's like I tell Snow, Bay. P.S., if you don't follow me on like social media, uh, on Instagram, Sasha Spins, that's what I call my husband. That's my nickname for him, Snow Bay. So I always tell him that Black people are keenly in tune and aware of white culture because white culture is essentially mainstream culture, and we can know all the characters in a TV show that we may not even watch because of their whiteness. They're so ubiquitous to our culture like we have to know who they are because white culture is that dominant culture where everyone is aware of and like take friends for example right i've never seen an episode of that show i have no desire to see the show just the premise of it looks boring to me and it's because i don't see anyone that looks like me and for a while now, I have found myself more pulled to shows that are diverse in nature or representative in nature. If there's a show or even a movie at this point, and I see that there are no people of color on the staff or sorry, on the um in the cast, I just have zero desire to watch it. So, anyways, like Take Friends, for example. I've never seen it before, but it's basically living single. Like, I don't know if you've heard Living Single before. If you haven't, Google it. It's an amazing show. Like, I love Living Single. But Friends basically stole the blueprint from Living Single, which is a much better show, P.S. And, but a lot of white people have no idea what Living Single is, and they don't have to know because, again, what, it's it's a, predominant, it's a black show. They got black lead characters, and once you make something a black show, I think it was Will Smith that said it, once you make something like a black show or a black movie, it automatically falls out of mainstream culture. And it's because white people don't have to seek it out. They don't have to seek out a difference, anything different from what they are, who they are, because who they are is the mainstream. Black culture is not something a lot of white people are keyed into unless it comes from a place of consumption. So consuming black culture, black music, black art, you know, as consumers, but not understanding it or not connecting to it or not seeing their lived experience it's just something to consume not something to understand or appreciate and there is so much there's so much privilege in knowing your culture will be seen as the mainstream and that your aesthetic and look will be catered to and rise to the top simply because of the skull the color of your skin and that's what happens a lot on social media. Black content creators, black fitness instructor, black coaches, black content on social media doesn't rise to the top unless there is a distinct push for it. And again, like I mentioned, that's distinct push of from it this year came from everything, like almost black tragedy. And it's almost like to assuage some people's guilt or to make them feel like I did something great. I followed a black content creator. I'm here to amplify black voices, you know? And again, like I said, it's like a mixed bag. It's a mixed sort of feelings because it feels nice to be acknowledged for the work that you're putting in and receive new people into your space. But it's like, I've been here And so for me, I've been here, I've been saying the same thing and you like, but you're only here, maybe it's to learn or be on, you know, maybe it's from a sense of your guilt. And so for me, it's like a mixed bag, right? Because even after a surge of new followers and my content remaining mostly the same, I like to laugh. I love memes. I talk about wellness. I talk about fitness. I talk about so many things on my page. My content has mostly remained the same. But after, like I like I talked about earlier, that as anti racism as it stopped trending, I distinctly noticed a drop off. As I continued to just live my regular life and do my regular things, and it's funny because even though there was a drop off in follower, there, there I wouldn't say well, there's drop off in followers, but you lose followers all the time. Like you just now as a As someone on Instagram, as a content creator, you know, you're just going to lose followers and it is what it is. It's not something that bothers you one way or the other, really. Um, You'll take notice of it, but you're not like up late at night crying in your bed over it. It's not something that like really affects you unless you're super sensitive and that's fine too, you know, small things with a lot of people put very, a lot of work into their social media presence and and once people unfollow you, you're like, wait a minute, why is everyone unfollowing me? But um, anyways, I'm just living my regular life, but I'll notice that familiar uptick When I talk about anti-racism, discrimination, prejudice, racism, doing the work and just share my experience as just my experiences as a black woman here in America. And like I said, it's like a really conflicting feeling because while I'm so happy to have amazing and enlightening conversations with both white men and white women, but like nine out of 10 of the conversations that I have and the majority of the people that follow me on social media, they're white women. So I I love, I absolutely love this, being able to motivate people to find their voice and to use their words and to reach the people around them to create the kind of spaces that they want to be in. It can kind of be disheartening to think about sometimes. And I'm like, They're only here because I'm talking to them about this. But would they stick around if it was me just talking about wellness and meditation and indoor uh, indoor cycling and my fashion finds? You know, I like Carbon 38 ambassador over here. Like, I love my athleisure and I love talking about it. But it's like, if I was just here in that space talking about all of those things and not sharing my experiences as a Black woman with racism and prejudice, would these people stick around to follow me on my journey as I live my life or are would they only are they only interested in consuming my content because it's rooted in some in in oppression and frustration and degre- de- degradation and racism and lack of representation for like for example and this is just like a small example of this I do daily meditations on Fridays um, I do them at 5 30 it's free to join and for me, Again, it comes from I believe in the power of meditation, I believe in the power of mindfulness, I believe in the power of healing. I talk about that a lot, and I do believe that we can heal ourselves with something as simple as our breath and so me doing those Friday meditations, it comes as its desire to cre- it comes from a genuine desire to create and hold space for those to harness the power of that meditation and work through things that they may not be consciously aware of, but can unlock through meditation. And on Instagram, I talk about this. I have like a highlight of it. I talk about my my, my meditations on Fridays, talk about my own meditation journeys. And I talk about this yet on the day of, maybe a handful will show up, maybe three or four people will show up to that. But then I'll get, dozens of responses back if I talk about racism or if I talk about prejudice or if I talk about a fucked up experience that I've had. People are willing to receive that, but it's like the gifts that I have to offer in other ways, people are not as willing to receive that. So again, like maybe it's just a time constraint many are not able to give. Maybe Fridays are difficult for people to make or maybe meditation is just not their thing. Who knows? I don't know. But it's made me think before and just goes in line with that feeling of being invisible in health and wellness spaces as a Black woman because even though I exist in those spaces, that's where I shine. That's my space where I feel like I do the most work and I have the most to give. It's a very heavily white saturated space. But then even though I shine in this health uh, in this field of mental wellness, mindfulness, and meditation, it seems like the only uh, w- the uptick, anyways, this summer I've noticed, and just lasting into the fall, and now we're going to get into the winter. My content will then be used not for that purpose, but for education as it pertains to racism. And I feel like, oh, I don't feel like this. I know after having conversations with other Black content creators, they feel the exact same way. And it's a very frustrating feeling. So how do we fix it, right? Because I've just spent a lot of time talking about the problem. I don't like to... I dislike people who find a problem for every solution. I'm very solution-oriented, and I want to fix this. If I think something's an issue is an issue. I'm going to want to fix it. So how do we fix it, right? How do we go about fixing it? First and foremost, I encourage everyone to follow creators, personalities, and people on social media that ignite your soul on fire and speak to you. I want you to reflect. So like right now, just reflect on who you're following and ask yourself if they tend to all look the same and then i want you to dig deeper and ask yourself why that is if the answer was yes they generally all look the same why is that recognize that if you're following a black content creator a black creator a black fitness coach a black instructor they exist we exist as full human beings And while part of our online presence may be to educate, that is not the sole purpose for us being there. Like allow yourself to humanize us and see us as individuals, not as magical Negroes that are going to save who you are and educate you and be here to just hold your hand and lead you through life and tell you you was kind, you was smart, and you you was important. See us more than your bagger Vance or your made in help, We are more than that. Humanize us. Just see us as you see your friends, your people you're close with, people you kick it with. And I think that for white people, this is difficult because statistically speaking, even in cities, we are still very segregated as a country. Three quarters of white people don't have non-white friends. And while that sounds crazy, it's honestly unsurprising to me on many levels. Like I know that as Someone living in this area, in the DMV area, it is very diverse. But as a fitness instructor, I'm very keenly aware of the fact that many of the white, my, my spaces are mostly white predominant. And I know that I am probably the only person of color or few, one of the few people of color that my clients may interact with. It's not surprising to me. That a lot of white people don't have any non-white friends, but that lends it with the fact that if you, d- how do you relate to something you don't really know personally on a personal level, right? Right. So if you're seeking out black voices because you may not have any personal connections yourself to black people or want to learn about the black experience, then recognize that like, first of all, black people are not a monolith. We all have different experiences, but recognize that we're more than our experiences with discrimination and we do more than talk about racism and we exist in these spaces to do more than just educate you about racism. And this work, the work of anti-racism is something that I'm extremely passionate about, but it's not who I am. And I want you to recognize that for a lot of Black content creators, a lot of Black creators. And that right there, I think is the biggest, one of the biggest things we can do as a solution to this problem of white people just consuming Black content solely from a lens of being educated about racism. Recognize that we are more than that. I, Sasha, Sasha Spins, Sasha Whitney, I'm a mindful meditation facilitator. I'm a content creator. I am a podcaster. I mean, duh, that's why you're here. That's what you're listening on. I'm funny as hell. And at times, I'm genuinely surprised that I am also someone's wife. I am a cycling instructor. I'm a June Gemini. And for whatever reason, we get a really bad rap. And people just really need to stop hating on us. Like, I'm just here trying to live my June Gemini life and not hurt anybody, okay? I am a human being just like you, just like the just like the white content creators that you see and that you follow. I'm a human being and I'm flawed. And I hope you'll stick around to see all of that and not just one thing. And I hope that you'll do that for all of the other black creators that you follow on social media, because we're so much more than just educating people about racism. Like, just see us for who we are. See us that we exist as more than that. So I want you to think about those things for yourself. If you found yourself at the beginning of the summer following a lot of Black creators and you noticed yourself, oh, as the weeks went by, maybe unfollowing or maybe telling yourself their con- their content is kind of boring. Why is it boring to you? Is it boring because we're not existing in a space of education? Or maybe it's not something that you connect with anymore. Whatever the reason is, I just want you to be really mindful of that and really just explore it a little bit deeper. And then if you're free on, at 5.30 on Friday evenings, 5.30 EST, Come through to my mindful meditation and allow yourself just a moment of stillness, a moment of presence, because Lord knows we need it to 2020 has been stressful as hell. So this got a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I want to know your thoughts. I want to know just how you feel. Um, You can hit me up on Instagram at Sasha Spins, or you can drop me a voice note on Anchor FM. And until next time, peace out.